That's Esther, the fourth chapter, beginning with verse number one. It says, when Mordecai learned all that had happened, the he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed in, with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. And many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and Enoch's came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called Hakath, Hayath, one of the king's Enoch's, whom he had appointed to attend to her. And she gave him command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasury to destroy the Jews. You may be seated. See, it doesn't matter how wonderful you are, there's always someone that doesn't like you. And there are some people that don't like you and you should not get them to try to like you. That's just simply how it is. So this message is entitled, The Benefit of Right Relationships. The Benefit of Right Relationships. And this is what I do at home. I always ask that you bring three things with you when you come into the house of the Lord. You bring an open mind that you might receive the word of God. You also bring a pencil and paper that you might take notes and write down some things because you're not going to remember everything that's said today. And then also you bring your Bibles because that's where we learn from and that's where we teach from. Everybody have a Bible with them, raise it up high. It can be in electronic form. Amen. That's what we're teaching from this morning, God's word. So the benefit of right relationships. What we just read out of um, Esther chapter 4 in verse number 1 through 7 is that there is a concern about what Haman wants to do to God's people. Don't y'all know we live in a world that they don't like some of us too? But we want to see how 
they dealt with their situation. We might be able to learn something from them on how we need to deal with some of our relationships. There was a situation and, and, and it, that was going on here, and Esther was facing some tough times, her and her people. Don't you know we face some tough times too? That, that we have a tough time in America sometimes. Things don't always go the way we want to, and, and we think, and we know there's some people that don't like us, and there's some people that are out to get us, but God has given us a command to do things his way and not our way. And what I've discovered in my short lifetime is that we like to do things the way we want to do them sometimes. But God always has a plan if we're willing to wait on him. Isaiah says this, those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. That word wait in Isaiah means to get wrapped up with him. So you're not just sitting around doing nothing, but you're waiting on him to do what he's going to do. And while you're waiting on him to do what he's going to do, you got to do what you have to do. See, I, I was in a barbershop. You know, it's all kind of crazy conversations going in a barbershop. And some folks think they know what they're talking about when they really don't know what they're talking about. And we start talking about faith, Brother Hamilton. And someone, one of the, the, the gentlemen sitting there, we start talking about faith. And, 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 and he starts saying, if you pray hard enough and you need some money, it'll just show up. That you don't have to do nothing, it, it's just going to show up. He said, if I pray hard enough, I, it, it'll be a check in my car. And, 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 and then I, I remind him of what James said. Faith without works is dead. We got to do something along with our faith. So, so, so there are three relationships that are key to this text. Esther, her relationship, we're going to talk about these three relationships her relationship with Mordecai, her relationship with the king, and the most important relationship of them all is her relationship with God. Some of us try too hard to get relationships with people we think important. I'm going to tell you right now, stop that. God is the most important relationship you're going to ever have. And if he wants you to have that relationship with that person, it's going to just naturally work out. But if you try to force it, see, there is a relationship, and then there is a righteous or good relationship. Don't get relationship with people just to try to use them for what you want. Woo, see, that's why I took the collection up before I started preaching. Get relationships with people because we are here to be of service. If you want to be blessed by somebody, you need to be of service first. Don't just go and try to get relationships just so you can get what you're trying to get from them when you know that's not a righteous relationship. 
Because when the relationship is over, you're going to go on they, your business, they're going to go on their business. But if it's a right relationship, five years down the road, when something is really pressing and needed, the right person is in place. Let's look at these relationships. Queen Esther had a relationship with Mordecai. Esther's parents had died, and she was an orphan. And Mordecai took her in. So that's his cousin. And he took her in like his own daughter. And Mordecai developed her into a woman. Here's something for parents. If you haven't taught your children Ephesians 6 and 1, that need to be the first scripture you teach them. Obey your parents. For this is good in the Lord, and it'll give you long life. See, the reason she had a good relationship with Mordecai is because she was willing to be what he needed her to be. She, he, she listened to him. She did what he told her to do. We got too many rebellious kids in our world right now. I almost changed my service when I saw all them wonderful young people come up here doing what they do. Working hard in school. Here's the problem we have. Now, y'all, I'm, I'm a, I deal with politics. I ran for Congress. I didn't win, but I ran. Because sometimes you got to get in the game to change the game. There's some waves going through our nation. They're trying to silence Christians. They're trying to mitigate our voice in the public square. See, we can't bless God unless we're willing to speak up for God. And God can't bless us unless we're willing to speak on his behalf. There's a verse in Psalms 94, verse number 16. The Bible says this, in Psalms 94, verse number 16, he says, who will speak out against the righteous? Who will stand up for me? He's calling us to be of service in our relationships. We need to let some folks know that all the praising that we're doing this morning, we do it outside too. As a matter of fact, your service starts when you leave this building. Your service is not in here. Your praise is in here. But when you leave this building, that's when people know whether you are Christian or not. That's when people can see whether God is working in your life or not. It's when you leave out these doors because it's good. It's easy to give God praise in here. I don't even have to try to give him praise with all this singing. I can't help it. But when we get outside these doors, that's when 
the rubber meets the road. In her relationship with Mordecai, her cousin, Mordecai blesses her, raises her among the people, and she has an opportunity to work or get married to the king. Now this part is going to be a little tough. They didn't have a relationship with the king, but he was still the king. See, God don't tell you, you got to like him. Too many of us think that God got to work like we want him to work. God don't raise up who you want. He raises up who he wants. Do y'all understand what I'm saying on this side? Just because you don't like who's in office don't mean you get to go out and talk negatively about them. See, I know this is, this is painful because we don't do this. In Timothy, he says, pray for who? All those in what? High office. Why? Because God's still in charge. They're still under God's command. God don't need us. We need God. So a situation came up where the king... He was an arrogant and boastful guy. Y'all ever seen anybody like that? Thinking highly of themselves. He gave a party that lasted. This ain't, you ain't clubbed the way this king clubbed. He gave a party that lasted for six months. And when it was over, he gave another party. There you go. It was the after party. Y'all know, y'all that been where I been, y'all know what the after that don't start to after two or three o'clock a.m. But after the party was over, he had a, a, a beautiful wife named Vesti. Investy was testy. She was partying with the ladies. And King Asiera said to some of his, his servants, he, he sent seven of them to go and get Queen Vesti. And when he got to her chambers, she said, Tell the king, no, I ain't coming. That's a disobedient woman. Y'all thought y'all was going to get a politically collect sermon this morning. No, 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 y'all not getting that. The head of the woman is... Is who? 
the man. Did, did it change because we're in 2019? It's still the same, y'all. Say amen when you can. I call her disobedience the first act at the feminist movement. I'm so glad you took that collection up before this. But seriously, she was disobedient. He asked her to come so he could show how beautiful she was to everybody, and she said no. He asked his wise men, what should he do about this? See, I got to set this up so you can see how, how Esther came into play. He said, what should I do about this? She, she, she's not coming. He said, I tell, this is what you should do, king. Don't ever let her come in your presence again. I thought that was a little harsh. Don't ever let her come in your presence again. And this also you need to do because if she's allowed to be disobedient, then all the women in the land will think that they don't need to listen to their husbands either. See, one of the problems that we have in America right now is the husband and wife relationship. Just because you might make more money than your husband don't change the order of things. And just because it's a bunch of men out here wearing dresses, don't mean that man don't stand up and supposed to be a man. See, 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 God has relationships in a certain way for a certain reason. When men step off their position of being in charge, in charge don't mean you hurt people. It don't mean you abuse people. It don't mean that you dishonor people. But as a man in charge, that means you love people, that you take care of people that you bless them because you're there in their presence. But we got a lot of men that don't understand their role and a lot of females that don't understand theirs either. And while I'm flying over, God only made those two. Male and female. It, and it's nothing in between. We have a certain responsibility. God calls us to be in the right relationship with our husbands and our wives. Sometimes we watch too much TV. And we think that's how we're supposed to act. No, y'all, that's TV. Don't, I, I won't even, 
I'll give you one example. Y'all may be familiar with this show. It's called The Housewives of Atlanta. My first concern when I saw one of those episodes was that most of them wasn't married. See, I, I got to make it as real as possible. Because what we allow to go into our brain comes out in our actions. And y'all know a lot of them got a divorce on that show. God didn't call for the husband and wife to live a relationship on TV. See, because we all vain. How many of y'all did not look in the mirror this morning to see what you look like? All of us. And they get that extra attention. They stop giving the attention to the one they're supposed to get that attention to, which was their husbands. I'm trying to bless y'all with this because this is why. There's a movement in this country to put men out of their place. There's a movement in this country to dishonor men. There's a movement in this country for men to cow down and be cowards. And when we stand up as men, they call it toxic masculinity. Every man in here need to be as toxic as he can, but not in a bad way, but in a masculine way. This is about relationships. Don't any woman want, in real, real, in real terms, no weak man. Amen. See how the sister said amen? amen. They was waiting for me to finish the sentence. They want you to be manly, y'all. The problem that we have, though, that's why I love the Young Adults Conference, because they love God, they want to get close to Him, but they got a different struggle than I had. See, when I grew, when I was growing up in the six, the seventies, The feminist movement started in the 60s. That's it. I was born in the 60s. But it hadn't taken hold the way it's taken hold today. And so when I was growing up, don't y'all know men do everything to try to get the woman to try to please her? That's what we do. But, but, but the good thing is, Brother Hamilton, when, when I was coming up, I could do things to, to please the woman, but I didn't have to become one. Right. 
So King Osiris, when he wouldn't let Vesti come into his presence anymore, he looked for a new queen. And he put out a decree to find a lovely young virgin. And going back to her relationship with Mordecai, he said to Esther, you need to put yourself in the group of women that the king is going to survey to see who he will marry. And this is gonna, this is gonna help some men out. Your, women, your wives may take what you think is a long time to get ready. Well, they pre prepared Esther and the women that was going for the king for, for 12 months. So when your wife taking a little time, don't worry about it. She's just doing it for you. Somebody should say amen. So for 12 months, they got the virgins ready to take before the king. And one of them was Esther. So part of your relationships is you don't have to tell everybody everything. In part of your relationships, you don't have to tell everybody everything. Some of us talk too much. So when Mordecai sent Esther, he said, don't tell him you're one of the Jews. Just go in as one of the other virgins and just keep quiet on who you are. We need to just sometimes go in places and not worry about who we are. Just go in to do what God sent you to do. Because there's a place that he needs you to be, not because you're black, white, purple, or green, but because you're one of his servants. And I need you there to represent the cross. And when you get in there, Live like you ought to live and be what you ought to be. So when the time comes, I can bless you even more. But if you go in parading that I, supposed, I should have been here a long time ago, it won't be long before you will be gone. So she went before the, queen, before the king and, and, and the Bible says, that she found favor in his eyes, and he said, this is the one that will become the new queen, and he put the crown on her head, and she became the queen. Fast forward, five years later, there's a guy named Haman that doesn't like God's people. He has sent out a decree through all the land to kill the Jews everywhere. He's angry. There's a decree in our land to kill some of the African-American people. 
It's called abortion clinics. See, it's got to it's got to work today if it's going to work at all. See, they got them all over our communities. See, they did a study. The reason some of our schools and churches are empty is because the generation is not here. There's an age group of people that's missing from our community. Here's the good thing, though. If we repent and ask God for forgiveness, he'll do it and he'll bless us more than we would have been blessed before. See, y'all, we got to stop just singing praises and do what God says. God is not playing with us, and he sure don't want us playing with him. Now, that was my introduction. Let's get to the text. She's, Mordecai is laying at the king's gate in sackcloth and ashes. Point number one. If you want to let your light shine, you got to be willing to put yourself out there. She lay, he laid at the king's gate because he knew eventually that young woman that he had raised up would find out about his situation and she would ask the question. See, sometimes you ain't got to rush directly in because you got a relationship with them. She's the queen now. He can't just rush in. He got to find a way for her to come out to him. So just because you got a relationship with somebody don't mean you can rush into their office. Don't mean that you can rush into their room. It means that you got to do it the proper way. And when she asked what is going on with Mordecai, he told her there is, there is someone out here that's trying to kill off our people. And we need your help. We need you to go before the king and tell him what Haman is trying to do. But she was afraid. The first point is fear is always present. In some of our relationships, fear is always present. How many husbands been, been afraid to say what you know you need to say to your wife? I got one hand, one, one, one brave soul. Because you don't want to make her mad. You don't want to upset her. Don't act like y'all ain't never been there. We get afraid. How many wives have been afraid to say what they need to say to their husband? We got a couple of brave souls. 
This is her husband. She's afraid because he's the king. Honor your relationships. She said, I can't go before him because I haven't been called in 30 days. How much time do I have? Is it almost up? Okay. She called him. She, she's, she said, I haven't been called. And here's, here's what we need to do in some of our relationships. Point number two, when, when fear is present, we need someone to encourage us. Husband, wives, your husbands need encouragement from you. They need you to help lift them up. They need you to help them be strong. If, if you see he's not doing something he needs to do, don't beat him up. Say something nice to him. So this is what she did. She went before the king and she says, if you don't hold out the royal scepter, I'll be killed. That's how dangerous her, her situation was. He held out the scepter and she walked up to him. And she said, I want you to come to dinner with me. You and Haman. Don't y'all know the best way to get to a man's heart? She prepared a nice dinner and some wine. For, her, for him and Haman. And he said, what do you want, my queen? I'll give it to you even up to half of the kingdom. Here's what she said. If you can come back tomorrow, I have another dinner and some more wine for you. Y'all see how she buttered him up? I'm trying to help y'all in these relationships. She didn't run in and say, do you know he's trying to, what he's trying to, no, 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 She said, come to dinner, you and Haman, and I will make you some wine and a nice meal, and we'll talk about it then. Now, what man is going to turn down that invitation? Point number three. Go to your text. Her relationship with Mordecai is what caused her to be in the king's palace. Her honoring the king is what caused her to be in his presence. And now, in verse number 15, Esther, when she was, when she was afraid, Mordecai said, if you don't say something, God will send some help from somewhere else, but you're going to perish without all the rest of us. See, so, see, God has some of us some places that we need to be saying something. And if you don't do it, God will get somebody else, but you're going to miss out on what God had planned for you. Verse 15, it says, then Esther told them to re reply to Mordecai. Here's what she said to Mordecai after he told her. Go gather all the Jews who are present in Susan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days and three nights. My maids and I will fast likewise. 
And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and did according to all that King Esther had commanded him. Y'all see how this relationship works? He was telling her what to do, and now she's telling him. Because he was trying to save her, and now she's trying to save him. It's not just about us in the relationship. It's really about the other person. If you learn to bless the other person more, God will be able to bless you more. Fast forward. Part of our relationship is the relationship with God. And do you see what she did? She said, I'm going to fast and pray. You know, Brother Hamilton, we need to be doing more fasting and more praying as Christians. They asked Jesus, why don't your, why don't your apostles pray? He said, they, or fast rather. He said, they won't fast because the bridegroom is with them. But when I'm gone, my disciples will pray and fast. Do y'all know who his disciples are? That's us, y'all. We want things to get better in our communities. We need to pray and fast. We want things to get better in our governments. We need to pray and fast. If we want things to get better in our household sometime, we need to pray and fast. That's the third relationship is the one with God. I'm not going to tell you how the story ends because you can read it for yourself. But I will tell you this. When we pray and fast, God acts. When we pray and fast, God acts. So this is how we're going to close it out. She prayed and fast, fasted. And then three days later, she went before the king. But before she got there, the man that was trying to get her was standing in the courtroom or the courts. And the king couldn't sleep that night. And when the king couldn't sleep, he pulled out his chronicles. And there was a man in the chronicles that had made the king aware of a coup. And his name was Mordecai. See, I just believe that when they prayed and fasted, God started acting. Now he's got the king aware that someone's trying to hurt his people. And the king said, what should I do for Mordecai? And it just so happened to be somebody standing in the court. His name was Haman, the one that was out to get him, was standing in the courtyard. See, I, I just believe it's the providence of God that put him there. I believe it's the providence of God is that is working in our lives right now. I don't think it's a coincidence that he was up all night and he read that and Haman was right there. It's not a coincidence that you are where you are. God needs you. 
to do something on his behalf. But we got to pray and fast. And after he called Haman, he said, what should I do for somebody that's been so wonderful and kind and excellent towards me? He said, this is what you should do. Put the crown on him, parade him in the street, uh, put on your robe, put him on your best horse, and, and just walk him around and say, hail to the king. This is what happens to those that do good to king. Because he thought they was, he was talking about him. Some of us are so selfish, we think every time somebody's doing something, it's about us. It ain't always about us, y'all. He said, good, that's what I want you to do for Mordecai. This is the providence of God. In your lives right now, what have you prayed for? What have you prayed for and God has opened the door, but he didn't open it the way you wanted him to open it? What have you prayed for, for God to work out in your life and it got worked out and it didn't work out the way you wanted it to, but it was still worked out. Sometimes we just need to say thank you Lord. I'll close. God knew before you was born that you would be here. God knew before you were born that you was going to struggle. God knew that sin was going to be a problem in your life. And by God's providence, before you were in the king's house, because y'all know if you're a Christian, you're in the king's house now. He sent someone to die on your behalf. He sent someone to take your place, a part of the royal family. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But here's the thing. Jesus died on the cross, but the Bible says that the penalty of sin is what? The Bible also says that Jesus Christ had no sin. So if the penalty of sin is death, and our Lord and Savior had no sin, then how could God allow him to die? Because the penalty of sin is death. So that means that he died because he took on our sins. That's the only way that he could die. But here's the beautiful thing. When he died on the cross, he died for your sins and for my sins. The Bible says in Acts that the grave couldn't hold him. 
Why couldn't the grave hold him? Because he had not sinned. So he had to get up. Because the grave couldn't hold a man that had not sinned. And when you baptize into Christ, he takes on your sin. And when you come out of the baptismal pool, you take on his righteousness. That's why he can give us eternal life. Because we take on his righteousness. And his righteousness is what caused him to be able to get up. And we're going to be just like Vesti when she came before the king. I find no sin in you. Come on. Be part of my eternal kingdom. But if you're here and you're not a Christian, and you know that Jesus Christ died for your sins, you must be willing to repent of all your past sins. Be willing to confess that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. That Jesus Christ died for your sins. And then you must be willing to go into the watery grave of baptism for the remission of sin. And God says that when you come out, you'll be a new creature. But Brother Eason, I've been a bad person. I've done a lot of wrong. Will he wash away the sin of adultery? Yes, he will. Will he wash away the sin of fornication? Yes, he will. Will he wash away the sin of thievery? Yes, he will. Will he wash away the sin of abuse? Yes, he will. Will he wash away the sin of homosexuality? Yes, he will. Will he wash away the sin of lying? Yes, he will. No matter what our sin is, the God that died for us will wash it away like it never happened. But you got to be willing to give him a chance. He says, try me. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, won't you come? And if you need prayer, won't you come now? Together we stand and together we stand.